<laughs> there we go. There we go. And see, this is why I constantly come back and I say, this is not a professional production as much as we try to make it. So it's simple things like, I don't know, traffic. the other like, 33% <laughs> jumping on with traffic. Traffic. <laughs> It couldn't be scripted to be this like limited in professionalism, but we try here. Like on, on one end, I want a producer to tell us what we're doing wrong, but also I want a producer to like fix what we're doing yeah. wrong. Like that's yeah. I don't want you to tell me. Just fix the fucking shit. Get in here and do your damn job. <laughs> I mean, I've already told y'all what to, you know, whatever. Shut up, whore. With it. That's why I'm mad with it. With it. With it. That's why I'm mad with it. Hello. Yeah. Hi. Yeah. Welcome. We're back. Lord, you're in the front seat, bro. You took the front seat. Oh, why am I in the front? Oh, fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know how to do it yet, so fuck it, whatever, man. Literally, uh, you just remove yourself and then add yourself back in. And oh, you shuffle, like you shuffle to the back of the line. Yeah, fuck it. Yo, back, somebody everybody. with a better mic intro to fucking pod. What is this microphone bad? Is that what's going on? No, my microphone's bad. Oh, okay. what's going on, troublemakers? Yeah, I got yeah, a good what's mic. Up, everybody, what's up? How everybody? are you? It's another episode. We're back. It is. And clearly, like I said, this goes right to the cold open. We haven't even fucking figured out who's going to intro this episode. That's the lack of professionalism we have today. So this is what it is. I'm going to chalk it up. It's not my responsibility. It's not my fault. I had nothing to do with it. I'm riding a high from last night, so I have an excuse. I don't know about you two degenerates. Well, I'm Put just going to be a together. loser. Like, we're not even in the play playoffs. Shit <laughs> together. so bad right now. I literally, what? literally, I said last 13 <laughs> seconds. I sent Terrence in Texas and said, yo, you think y'all can make it in 13 seconds? He says, no, no. He didn't even have, he didn't even have faith in his team. Who? And then okay. what happened, this motherfucker wanted to cry and yell. Shut the fuck up, dude. Because the thing uh, is this, no. Eddie, we know you. We know if you go, hey, you got 13 seconds, you think you do it? Yes. And then you don't. And then you won't leave us alone about that shit. We know you. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, but and that's, that's that's called a friend. That's, that's that's what friends do. But let's let's be realistic. Who in their right mind anywhere thought that at 13 seconds anything was happening? Everybody collectively. Me, me. I thought that. The, I, no, I thought that the whole time. You is genuinely you thought it the whole say time. that all the time. Like you know, my memory is so bad. But you'll say I told you so, and I yeah. have zero ability to draw back and figure out what the conversation was. So you luckily say, yeah. we had that conversation on the podcast, and I said, "Yo, uh, I said I don't think we're gonna make it." And you two were like, "Yo, Packers look really good." I was like, "Yeah, but the Forty ers always beat us." I, I said, "The Forty ers always beat us." I do give you that. I, but 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 speaking of evidence on podcasts, since we're kind of sticking in this realm of sports, and I have the evidence out there, I'm not looking so stupid with my Matt Stafford getting hyped up. I want to say it was earlier in this season where we mm -hmm. were talking about top 10 quarterbacks, and I put Stafford in my top 10. And, and Eddie specifically, Eddie specifically got loud and wanted to try and shout down my point. Now, I'm here to tell you, what? man. When does that happen? I know, right? Like, like that <laughs> never happens. Matt Stafford. I don't, I don't know what you're talking man. about. 
and and the entire nation finally got to see what I've been saying for years. The dude is a fucking beast. He will take any game, any team, any moment, put it on his shoulders. And sometimes that dude don't win. Obviously, as you see in Detroit with the squad that he had. But fuck, man, that dude is a baller. Baller. He balls. I mean, good. Good for him. Hooray. Hooray. Whatever. Fuck Matt Stafford. He had to lead it. Had to lead it north before he got past the playoffs. Fuck him. I'm man. I'm just hearing some salt come from your way, Eddie. Just calm it down. Bro. Yeah, it's all salt. That's all salt. I just want to make yeah. sure you know that. That's all fucking salt. This is this is all anger. This is all anger that I was right. This is one of the times that like I wish I wasn't right. You know what I mean? Like, but I knew I was right, and and. And I would have made a lot of money if I would have bet for me to be right. But I don't bet on my Packers. You know why? Because every time I bet on my Packers, they fucking lose me money. So, oh, oh they lose you money. Okay, I was going to say, because uh, they they lost without you betting on them. Ooh, Ooh Steve. <laughs> I know, that's what I'm saying. But, like, see, look, when I bet against them, when yeah, I bet yeah. against them, they always win. It's uh, when I, I bet with that. them, they always lose. So, it was like, I knew I was, I should have bet. And we probably the gods of the the gambling realm would have probably you know what I'm saying let us win, but yeah. you know shit happens. So Welcome. so let let's let's stick to your game and talk about that one and, and and go in. What went wrong? Because when they started out, man, Aaron was throwing good. People were catching. They were moving. They scored well. It was very efficient. And then uh, as as the game watching. went on, it was like early in the game. So. And then early it goes, Jimmy G couldn't <laughs> seem to connect with the receiver. It seemed like their whole offensive scheme was just gone. But then it just like it was like that four. So you gotta say could be you gotta say two things happen. You gotta say two things happen. Aaron Rodgers and, and the Packers are normally scoring twenty one to thirty five points a game, right? If we doing if we do that, we win that game, right? That's one. Two, we had a block field goal for extra mm-hmm. three. Which would have sent the game into overtime if if they would have made that, even with everything else happening. And then we had a block punt that went for that was their only score of the game. That was the only time they scored a touchdown in the game. They blocked a punt, bro. Everything else was was field goals. So it's like Jimmy G didn't really do anything besides not throw away the ball, which is I mean, well, and he still fucked up a couple times, but. We didn't score. We didn't. We didn't profit over him throwing away the ball. You know what I mean? Their Which defense is, was so fucking nasty. It was ridiculous. I mean, you have to take into consideration, like, what's the likelihood of getting a pl- a bu- a punt blocked? It's it's like it's rare. It's out of all the punts, like it happens so so rare. And what's the likelihood of getting a punk and a field goal blocked it, yeah, in the same saying, game? They, right. they are both outliers. They barely ever happen. It's like you're gonna kick a field goal. You're just hoping that they miss. That's really ninety percent of what's going on. But that's that's the thing about the Packers is like obviously I'm not even a Packers fan. But you watch, if you even remotely pay attention to the NFL, you know they've had issues at kicker. And Matt LaFleur and company just never addressed it all year. They were like, mm, no, nah, we don't care. Like, which That's which because Mason Crosby goes through his sense, right? Like like most kickers besides fucking Robbie Gold, like <laughs> they, they go through their sense, but they can't make, a, uh, uh, make it worth a damn. And then they make fucking 50 in a row. So it's like Mason Crosby has been like that. But he didn't miss. The line just got bulldozed by their fucking by, by their line. You know what I'm Which saying? Never like because happens. Yeah. That 
that's that's the big point that to me sticks out about San Fran that makes them so good and so scary. Is for the most part they stayed only rushing four down linemen. That was it. Everybody else played their assignments, their gaps, and coverage. That's Bosa, how good bro. their fucking. That's how good their defense is. Like yeah. th- that's insane. Joey Bosa. In today's league, they are getting away with rushing four down linemen and leaving everybody else to play assignments. That doesn't happen. That's insane. I mean, it's like, yeah, you, we're gonna let you fuck up. Like, we're we're gonna just we're gonna rush you if we can, but for the most part, it's up to you mm-hmm. to not fuck up. Yeah, that's such a yeah. I'm done talking about it. I'm sorry. All right, okay. so onto the the next one, man. We uh we almost saw Lloyd's boy. I was Tom. I wasn't gonna, I wasn't gonna relive the tears of Saturday. <laughs> it still hurts. I mean, it was I'm... just people just texting me like, "Are you okay? Like, fuck you, leave me alone." Don't talk to me, please. Uh, your boy, I, your boy Tom almost made a comeback. Made uh, you know almost another round of history. That whole twenty-eight to three. He almost yep. had twenty-seven to three become a thing, and that didn't become a thing. So it was another hell of a game. I mean, yeah. How did was, you how did you feel about that, Lloyd? Jeez, I wasn't I wasn't watching it. I was just ESPN goes. Oh, you're not watching this? Great. We're going to send you a notification on every play, <laughs> and for the most part. I mean, uh, Tom, if anyone could do it, like if anyone could do it, it would be Tom, right? And yeah. if anyone could do it and everyone goes, yeah, that that makes sense. It's Tom Brady. Um, yeah, I, I didn't watch it. I I, I can't. It, it's like a, a former relationship that I'm just watching from afar. I hope I wish him the best, but I can't. Yo, I can't everybody knew Tom's. Everybody knew Tom's coming back. Like it was like 27-3. And the only thing you heard the announcers is like, well, he still has a shot. He still has a shot. And they tied it up, which is crazy. Crazy. Just there is time. I looked at my wife literally at like that eight, eight and a half minute mark when the Rams were driving and they were looking to make it 30 to what was it? 13 or what it was at that point. It was it was 27, 13. That's what it was at that point. And they would have went up to 30 to 13, essentially making it three possessions it was right around that eight and a half seven and a half minute mark and i looked at my wife and i said if the bucks can stop them here we've got a game because it's still technically they go back and fucking tie like everybody thought tom was doing it again and it just didn't happen because stafford was so fucking cold with it i mean but would you say that stafford was i I don't know man that that rams d no homo like that, that rams that rams uh front Front four is disgusting, bro. Yeah. Like you got you got Aaron Donald on one side, and then you got Von Miller on the other side. Fuck whoever is in the middle, bro. Like, I you know what I'm saying? Like, God. Yeah. Like, come on, bro. Yep. Well, Nasty. I mean, they, they, they say the same thing about when it was Adamican Sue and and Donald on the same side, right? Yeah, they were saying the same thing, like, oh, unstoppable, and they they made it to the Super Bowl. So then, yeah, I mean, but Dominic and Sue came up and uh, got the fumble to put the Tampa Bay back the, in the, in the, the game. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yep. yep. Then you had the Cincinnati game in Tennessee. I don't know if y'all watched that one. That one was a bit of a bummer. I didn't watch one at all. Joe, it, it, was, it was just one of those ones where it just didn't have that same feel. I found myself kind of flipping back and forth because every other play, it seemed like Joe Burrow was getting sacked. And Tannehill just was the old Tannehill, so there was nothing. 
the old Tannehill, the good old Tannehill, or the like potential has potential Tannehill. Which one are we talking about? The Tannehill that got booted from Miami and for Uh, rightful reasons. You know, like it seemed like he came back down to earth yesterday after what seems like a last what two seasons or so of everybody being like, oh, but Tannehill, Tannehill. It's like he's well because because nobody's nobody's been talking about Tannehill. Tannehill's like one of the top ten. Not no, no, not in the top ten quarterbacks. Not in the top ten. Only thing Tannehill has done, which has been everything that uh, the Titans needed, was uh, game manage. He game manages very, very well. He's not he's not the greatest thrower. He's not the greatest uh, runner. He's not the great, but he can see shit on the field and be like, "All right, switch." You know what I'm saying? Go this way. All right, short dump off. Hey, I might get a long one. Like you know what I'm saying? Like it's not. It's mostly the, the run game that the Titans have that's fucking for sure disgusting. Without question, they they they've got one hell of a run game and they've got a solid ass defense that can fly to the ball and hit. But everything came back crashing down with just a little bit of pressure on Tannehill, and you saw the whole thing crash. So now you've got what appears to be so the NFC is set with Los Angeles Rams and um, why am I dropping it? The, the San Francisco 49ers. So you have them and the ASC championship game is coming through Kansas City once again. So I'm pretty happy that Kansas City beat the Bills last no, night. Through the kingdom. That was uh this was a hell of a game, man. Whether you're a Chiefs fan or not, you gotta admit that was a pretty fucking Oh, no, that was a, that was that was a, that was that was a heck of a last minute. Like I don't understand why you kicked the ball so like, I don't know. Like that was just that was poor game management, bro. So I'm definitely confused as to why McDermott went for the long kick because in in my mind, a squib kick would have been the smart play to get them to touch it, make contact, and start eating time. You know they've got three timeouts in 13 seconds. You would have at least gotten three, maybe four, ten. Yeah, but I think I I think his I think his thought process was uh, if we play quarters, we'll be fine if we can't if we don't let them get to the field goal range. And then Travis Kelsey looked like he was about to score a goddamn touchdown in the middle of the field. Like, it was fucking – it was – like everybody's like, oh, Mahomes, Mahomes, Mahomes. I'm like, nobody saw that fucking move Travis Kelsey put on that dude to get – like, oh. the jab to the left and then cut back. Like, dude, it was fucking crazy. Like, Nasty. yeah. Nasty. So, I had a pretty good, pretty good night. So, I mean, we're going to definitely say the Chiefs go to the Super Bowl, right? I mean, Ooh, do I you hope, think man. that – do you think Cincinnati has a chance? No bullshit. They, yeah. I, yeah. I think they have I, yeah. have I think they I think they have a chance because Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow, that connection is nasty. However, it's disgusting. However, I will say when we played them and lost a few weeks ago, one, we were in Cincinnati. And then just to give context, they got seven or eight tries from the goal line based on penalty yards alone. Okay. Seven or eight so tries this on is, final drive. This is my only look at it, Terrence. This is my only look at it, right? One, I don't think I don't think Joe Burrow is the truth. I don't. But I He's don't think they but I don't think hold on, hold on. But I don't think he, the defensive coordinators have figured him out all the way. You know what I'm saying? Like you you get what I mean? Like, you know how like like so you got a rookie quarterback that people haven't figured out all the way. Yeah. And Kansas City defense ain't that. Y'all I mean, defense see, ain't the shit. We I see mean, it all the time. We you, see it 
every every rookie quarterback is like that. Mariota was like that. Second sophomore kind of got crushed. Griffin, uh, freaking uh, name them, name them. Yeah, but the difference, but the difference is the difference is that Joe Burrow's team is is actually good. Like Cincinnati is actually a good team. You get what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So my point is is that my only point that I'm making is I think that they can expose Kansas City. Like Joe Burrow, this is the best time for him to try to win a Super Bowl because I think by next year or in two years, everybody's going to figure him out. I think the thing that he has boding very well for him again and can't be understated is Jamar Chase. The fact that they played together in college to establish that connection, won a championship there, and then are now at least formulating some semblance of the same chemistry they had is definitely nasty. For me, man, like – I'm not going to sit there and pretend like Kansas City's defense is monster or anything, but Buffalo hadn't punted in their last four or five games, and they punted three times yesterday. I say all that to say we've picked up well enough. If we can just get a referee crew that that is about what they were last night and isn't so fucking involved like they were against Cincinnati the first time. I'm just saying, man. I'm just saying. Go ahead, I, hate, I hate how much the refs have been involved in key games. My game or not, they're too fucking involved in turns first got over here. Stop fucking up. How about that? I'll stop fucking up. <laughs> no, how about no, you don't stop be, doing that? No, don't be wow. don't wow. be one of those people. Because if you're one of those people that still wants to steal in today's climate and watch today's game and you want to say oh refs don't decide games you're fucking lying to yourself no i'm not saying that i'm not saying that but what i am saying is what i am saying though is is that refs do not decide games refs do help games along but if you're fucking up and it's blatant how is that how is that not the same they help them they help them move along so then you go you go like this right 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 you go okay, third and third and five, and then or second and long, and then you get to third and five, and then you blow a whistle, and now it's first out. Like, like how how can you decipher the difference? There, there isn't a difference. Okay. Exactly. So there is a difference. The difference is, is if there's a blatant holding call and you fall on top of a fucking player, how do I not call that? You get what I'm saying? Like, no, no, you no, help no, no, like no, in the no, sense no. of helping a game along. Like, it's like, dude, you call this shit. If, if every for five fucking plays you've been holding this fucking DN because you don't want the DN to get a sack for five plays and I only call it once, like I'm hoping the game along. But now you're, you're upset because I only called it once. Like shut the fuck up, bro. You're, he was holding five plays in a row. You're you're conflating things. Like we can go for blatant examples. Blatant examples against the Saints. How many times in a row now? Like that that's that's extreme end of that shit decided a game on the most blatant pass interference call. There's no fucking way you couldn't miss it. And it was at a time where they were allowing reviews to be in. Yeah, remember, the they didn't call it. All of them. No, I agree. They and didn't, but I'm saying that. they didn't call it. So, right, so hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. So you don't want, you you want them to stop calling or you want them to start calling? I because at the be last good. two minutes, go ahead. I want them to be good enough at their fucking job and consistent. That's what I need. And that's what they lack at both of those. Because what's a pass interference for one crew is significantly different to the next. That shouldn't be a thing. It's it shouldn't even be a thing that you have a referee that's like, oh, then you hey, want robots to I call the game and it's gonna be a boring ass game, bro. 
No, I don't want robots to yes. call the game. Yeah. No, no. I, I would like, I would very much like, um, they, they do it in rugby. They've got a, a judging, uh, they got a judge in the stands, uh, somewhere in the box and they go, huh? They look at it. If it's fucking blatant, they, they, that's, they whistle down the They go, Hey, Hey, Terrence, take a look at that play. Look at number 47. See what, see what's what. And then they look at it in the big screen. Literally the ref will stand on the field, look at the jumbotron and just go, Oh yeah, that was fucked. <laughs> Right. They call the penalty. Like the, the the Tennessee game, I think, is a prime example where he got an interception as the ball had touched the ground, if you guys saw that particular play. So he uh, Joe Burrow threw the ball. The Tennessee defender goes to catch it. The ball hits the ground as his fingers hit the ball. The ball doesn't wiggle. He goes through. It looks like a catch to the referee call. They go through. They do the replay, and you can clearly see that it hits, right? Now, they didn't overturn it because they said they had to go with the pre-existing rule about the ground causing contact with his hands at the exact same time. But if he secures the catch, we're good. I say all that to say the ref's initial call mattered on the replay because they called it a catch and it was all bang, bang like that. The rule precedent sets that the play on the call made by the refs is what stands. Shit like that makes sense. I right. don't need computers completely involved in this. But like those uh, against the Saints, again, I'll bring that up, or any other ones where it's like, oh, I'm staring at the Jumbotron. Yeah. Everybody and their fucking mom can see how terrible this is. This is not a good look for the NFL to not go back and adjust and fix the shit. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm, I'm I'm harping I'm harping on it, but the rugby does that. Rugby, yeah. international right. rugby, they stand on the pitch. They look at the jumbotron and they go, and you hear it over the mic, being like, "Hey, run it back. Let me see the thing. I want to see what the, what you know." And the, you can hear what they're asking to see versus going under this tent and just fucking dicking off and just being like, "Yep, it is what we call it. We call it and, what we and want." Four mod minutes have passed by, and you're like, "That doesn't make sense." What are we doing? Yeah, like, what did you? Fuck uh, ah, you guys. So yeah, know, everybody knows the rules. Everybody knows the rules. That's like you know what I'm saying? Like I, I get it. I I I I, I, I can understand I the argument. I want to see them talk us through the decision versus like ah fuck them. It's what yeah. we call it. And then and then look at look at here, you fucking it. Karens. Like I'm not walking you through shit. I made a fucking call. That was the call. Get the fuck on with your lives, man. Oh, That's, I, you I mean, I, I just want a ref to say that shit. I mean, I, well, they do. Okay they literally that. do. Like, ah, we didn't just, see it. Go fuck yourself. Just professionally, right? <laughs> so this kind of lends into the territory that everybody's talking about, and it's burning up the internet now. Everybody wants to talk about rule changes, rule changes, rule changes. Everybody's harping on that overtime rules. I would like to point out, Kansas City was burned by this exact same overtime rule thing that happened four years ago at the AFC Championship game. We come back with roughly 20-some-odd seconds left. Hit the field goal. We go into overtime, lose the coin toss. Tom Brady, New England, marches on down and goes this. Kansas City proposed a rule change to say, hey, maybe we should look at both teams getting to be able to touch the ball in overtime. What do you think, NFL? And you nah, know, go fuck yourself. pretty much <laughs> all of the NFL, including the Bills, were like, yeah, no, we don't see the reason for that change. Well, the, no well the, up until that point, yeah, the no like, whatever. <laughs> It, it was only you that got fucked. We don't care. <laughs> yeah, I don't like. I don't like that change. Like, all right. First off, so that's we, let's then. let's do, start. Do, let's. Do. I, I got you, but listen, hold on. Hold on. I, I got your question. We we came from that whoever won the coin toss, first person scores win. Mm -hmm. 
Then we went to if it's a field goal and then a touchdown. I don't have time to sit here for fucking the Bills and the Chiefs to score five fucking touchdowns in overtime, bro. No. Put your best defensive players out there. You need to stop these motherfuckers. And then y'all get on the field and y'all try to score. Simple as that. So are you saying you are fine with the overtime rule as is? As is, bro. The only one that I do like, and I know somebody talked about it, the only one I do like is the owner from the Raiders uh, before he died said, uh, one team pick where the ball goes, and then from that point, the other team says, do you want to defend or do you want to play? And then you just play that bitch out from there. The the spot one. yeah, The spot and go, I think, is what they called that one. See – I'm still a fan of collegiate rules where each team gets a chance. I think if you just adjusted the yard line because NFL kickers have a significantly larger range than collegiate kickers, adjust it. Maybe you start the drive at your 30 or your 35, and then you go from there. You get whatever drive you get, but the other team is guaranteed something. I feel like that that flip of the coin toss, man, like I don't hate it. Because that will make it break you. Yeah. It's, or just stop the, the person from scoring. We got I mean, to overtime. We it. have a hard time. We are in overtime. We had a exactly. hard enough time stopping him through. That's my point. I mean, that's, that's my point. I, dude, I don't want nobody on that field that got them long. One, on player safety. And two, I don't feel like watching this game. You, so Eddie just wants less football. Okay, great. Done. Less no, football, I just want, I want more action and less time to get to it. That is the <laughs> best type of action. The overtime. No, that's fatigue, bro. That's when people get hurt. If you but go, if, all right, the bill, the, the Kansas City is. couldn't stop the Bills. The Bills couldn't stop Kansas City. All right, if both of them get the ball, it's going to be literally three more fucking touchdowns, bro. No yeah, but that's time. Why, but no that's time. Why, just, just you get a possession, I get a possession. Yeah. Whoever gets more points at the end of the possession, fuck it, we win. I, I was about to say that's why. This like, is pool. That's yes. why they do like collegiate rules, right? It's like. I wouldn't even wait till the third time. I'd say like immediately you have to go for two or something along those lines to make sure that it's sped up. I saw one that was like um, you could quell it even by whoever wins the coin toss in the initial is the one that's assumed to win the coin toss. So you going into the game knowing if this thing goes into fucking overtime, you already have a strategy in place. I'd, I'd prefer that even, right? Like so if I win the coin toss to start the game, I defer – I get the right to defer or however I do it. But we know when that game starts, if this thing goes to overtime, we know I get the choice. I think that would help out at least some level of like strategy. Or let's just keep it exactly the way it is. But also, uh, you know, there'd be a lot lot of gamesmanship where you know that you get the, so you get the overtime coin toss, you defer. And then the team goes, okay, you know, they play the game. And then uh, when I get the ball back, I know I can win with a field goal. Or I can win with a touchdown and an extra point, or a touchdown and a uh, two point. I, I think it's just better that they both get a chance. Like, I want more football, people. Yeah, I definitely see. And I'm not pressed about the rules. It was funny that, like, when everybody talked about the rule change, everybody's like, overtime, overtime, overtime. I don't really give a shit. Like, I mean, I kind of do. It would be nice to change it because I like that. But realistically, I hope they change the fucking pass, inter- uh, pass interference rules. That's the one that I fucking hate the most. I'm so tired of NFL's passing. What is it about it that bothers you? I'm so sick of the spot foul, bro. Like this 50-50 ball, these fucking quarterbacks throw up half the time because they know it's a 50-50 shot. Guy's going to catch it or potentially get 
a significant chunk in yards on right. a bullshit pass interference. Like it's ridiculous that you can get 40 plus yards, 50 plus on yards a pass interference. on a pass. Like that's, yeah. that's come on, man. Well, come at that on. point you're just, you're just chucking it 90 Peyton yards. Manning was hope fucking for the best. notorious <laughs> for that. Peyton Manning was fucking. Oh yeah. So is Aaron Rodgers. Oh, uh, got to do away with that one. That's the one that like really. Gets what would you do? What would you do? 15 yards. I'd keep it at 15, man, until you get to that point to where now it's like half the distance to the goal. And I've had people argue with me, well, then why wouldn't you just keep committing the penalty if it's not? It's like, dumb fuck, you're still giving away free yards. And at some point, you're just going to keep giving them an inch and an inch and an inch till they're like a cunt hair shy of the goal line. And you're basically giving it to them anyways. It'd be the same thing. Yeah, you're just think, taking away massive chunks of yards. I think 10 yards is a good gamble. 15 Agreed. yards is enough to make them go, nah, we're good. It, but it doesn't give the quarterback an incentive enough to just, oh, let me just throw it in this general direction. Exactly. Hope for the best. Exactly. And that, that to me is one of the biggest issues in the game because man, like guys are up there jerking and fighting for the ball anyways. And then you're going to all of a sudden get nitpicky because it was the defender who got a little handsy this time. And now like, it's just bullshit. Uh, It's almost getting to the point where I feel like you can call a pass interference almost every play. Like you like holding, right? We just go, ah, yeah. He's slapping around, grabbing his ass on the way up. I mean, it's a matter if you want to call it. It's a matter if the referee wants to impose his will upon the game. Who does this guy owe money to? I'm curious. I'm telling you, man. And that's where it's like the consistency. We lack all of that. That's what I want to see is is better, more efficient refereeing. I don't need it to be everything instant replay, everything computer-based. But come the fuck on. I, I, I would like to have uh, a squad in the booth. A squad in the booth that just can say, nope. Call it back. Fuck you. Yep. Something, man. You need something like that. You, uh, you know what else is pretty horrific as far as, like, judges? UFC. UFC oh, judges are fucking yeah. trash sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I swear to God. Uh, no, no, no bullshit. I decided I wanted to uh, figure out how to be a judge, like, for boxing and MMA. Here, mm-hmm. I'm in Nevada. Uh, apparently you just have to show up, right? You just have to have some amateurs, people, uh, amateur promoters put you on. I don't think there's a class. There's not a handbook. It's just, I don't know. You figure it out on the job training and it shows because not only are you on the job training for boxing, which the rules are intended, the point system is intended for boxing, but you are out there guessing when it comes to MMA. That's why MMA ruling doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. Did you watch the UFC fight? Only the highlights. I didn't watch the whole thing. I don't. uh, I'm an old school guy where I say the champion, you have to legitimately beat the champion. The champion will win the 50-50 ball. The champion will win the coin toss every single time. And Mm -hmm. uh, the more we see it, the more we come to the realization that nobody knows what's going on. We're all guessing and we're hoping for the best. So I said that to say this. Brendan Moreno uh, at 135, 25, 35, 25, at 125, uh, defended his belt against um, Figueredo from Brazil, and he lost on the cards. I disagree with the cards altogether. The cards said he won unanimously. All the judges were in favor of him winning. I don't think he did enough, and I and I, I don't think he did enough to win the fight, and I don't think he did enough to win to beat the champ on the cards. 
Well, it's it's pretty telling too. Even in hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Are you saying you think Francis didn't win, or you think Francis did win? No, we're talking about Brandon Moreno. We haven't gotten there yet, sir. Yeah, we we're not talking about oh, I'm sorry, favorite I'm sorry. black fighters yet. Okay, yeah. we haven't talked about the African fighters yet. We're talking about the small I'm guys. Sorry. That's where yeah. I start. We're still on the small guys. No, but it's I'm it's sorry. telling even even when like judges do talk about their scorecards and you see the disparity. It's like how did you get? How did you two sitting right there get such a vastly different look on this? And it's yeah. it's very much that. Yeah, nobody really has a clue what the fuck we're doing. But in the two, the three people that are hired, that are sitting there, that apparently are quote unquote trained in Experts. the same in the same vein of of scoring, they'll go, "Oh, this guy won five rounds, and this guy won three rounds." You're like, "How did you fuck up two round? Like, how is there such a disparate? Uh, right? Yeah, it's discrepancy. Um, and it's like." I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm that old guy where I'm like, ah, no, you have to beat the champion. If if anyone's like, ah, I don't know who won, the champion should leave with the belt. Yeah, I mean that's kind of. I'm definitely old school in that. Like, however you want to say it, to be the man, you got to beat the man. Whatever the case, like, if it's anything other than a knockout, it's really hard for me to say, oh yeah, you won because the technicalities, because the score sheets and everything are so arbitrary. It's not like the end of it. You get any of the judges that are like, this is what I scored. And the why it's just, this was my round. This was my round. This was my round. Hey, here we're raising up his arm. And, and what's wild. This is the thing that bothered me always about boxing. since a young kid, you know, you're, you're, you're boxing 12 matches or 12 rounds in a match and you don't know the score. Could you imagine playing football? No scoreboard, just out there guessing. And then yeah. the number is arbitrary. You score a touchdown. It could be six, could be 20. Who knows? Like, it's whatever yeah. a guy in the stands decide that touchdown was worth. Even even like where my passion lies, right? And like wrestling, like actual wrestling, freestyle, Greco-Roman, any of that stuff. There's a score sheet, right? I, I, I even know like if there's a fucking count on me because I've got back exposure yep. because my back's been to the mat. I've got riding times uh, like on the yep. clock to see, oh, he's been riding for two minutes. So we know that that's going to be the point. Oh, it's dwindling down because I've reversed and been right. Like it's all there. No, it's you can see it. I understand. Oh, he's got three because he had a takedown and an escape. Yep. Now I know where the fuck I'm at. And, and, it's, and you can sit there, that. look at the scoreboard you're holding and you go, Oh, if I reverse it uh, in the next, okay, hold on. I got to yep. wait 30 seconds and then I can reverse it. Yep. And then I win. This is like fucking fuck around and find out every time. And, and, and the best, the best indicator you have. And even then it's shoddy as fuck because it's a crowd, but the best indicator you have is maybe the crowd trying to the, egg you on. If you're close. The worst. That the, is the worst. Right. Like, cause we get, we as viewers get sucked into the, Oh, well, he's gotta be winning. He's gotta win. Cause the crowd is going crazy. And right. then you watch it again. You watch it again. You watch it again. No volume. And you go, Oh, we were lied to because yeah. you realize that the stadium is full with like, People who barely know what the sport is. Like, they don't understand the rules. They don't understand. They've never boxed. Yeah. Like, with football, the stadium is filled with people who actually probably played football at some, like, peewee, high school, junior high, somewhere, right? The majority. In boxing, mm -hmm. I bet you seven people have boxed in their life in that stadium. It's so crazy, too, man. And they'll they'll run that fucking hype train. And again, you get no explanation. So they'll be like, oh, well, fill in the blank won the first round. He's going to have a bit to overcome. 
what's what's a bit like yeah what are we like what are we talking about like there's no metric for me to say okay this is what i need to do obviously you've got your corner man and somebody that's going to have a semblance of an idea of what you're doing, but it it's even, super it, fucking arbitrary. But then you listen to the corner men talking to their fighter and you realize that this is not our conversation. This is not a conversation between nope. like, they're just, they are telling them what they need to know in order to not die in there. Exactly. That was about to be the thing is they're telling them what to do in order to not lose. They're not even telling them like, oh, hey, this is how you need to go forward. And this is how you can win. Oh, no, this is just to prevent you from getting knocked the fuck out or choked the fuck out. Like, right. <laughs> and, and, and it's like so there was a couple, I don't know, fight maybe last year or something like that, where the guy, the coach got in the guy's face and was like all aggressive, super aggro. And people are like, oh, oh, God, I can't believe you're talking to him. He's 24 years old. He's a kid. Like, you can't talk to him. He's like, no, you don't understand how fighting works. And I don't – the same way we don't get to hear what the coaches in football are talking to their players, we shouldn't hear what the cornermen are talking about. Agreed. Just cut to a fucking commercial. Should, yeah. you know, do the overhead and you see that they're shoving shit in the guy's nose and trying to iron out his face, cut to the commercial, come back, let these kids fight. Yeah. Cause at that point, man, now you've injected too many people into the personal space. And it's like anything that we do here on the internet, like you're injecting too much of, I don't know. Do you want to call it 2020 hindsight or something in a scenario that like, Sure. If everything was calm, cool, collected, we didn't have to worry about this and that. Yeah, I should probably talk to you like an adult. But right. motherfucker, like this is fighting. This is this is football. This is a combat sport. This is something where emotions and physicality are at, at, at have to be managed a certain level. But at the end of it, like you're still talking to a guy a, that could potentially get killed. Yes. Like. And, and sometimes you got to rein that motherfucker in. Like, <laughs> and we, we have to understand that, like, listening to a cornerman talk to his fighter that they've been training together for years, for at least eight weeks in the training camp, it's like listening to a NFL huddle. Wide eye, right? Z47, shoot, bah, 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 bah. we don't even understand. And we're trying to make it make sense. And then we get upset about whatever we made it made sense, yeah. <laughs> what the repercussions of that is. Same Dude. thing with cornerman. They go, hey, I'm going to need you to do X, Y, Z. And you're like, oh, oh, I've never fought before in my life, but I'm going to go with that's wrong. Yeah. It's it's all the stupid people, man, that sit there and do that. Because Richard Sherman, he pops up into my mind as a prime example from a couple of years ago when he did that whole deal with Aaron Andrews. You remember that? After uh, after he had shut down, uh, what's his name? Uh, he was the wide receiver for San Francisco Crabtree. He had shut Crabtree, down yeah, Crabtree because yeah, yeah. they had an online back and forth. Right. He was Richard Sherman was still playing with the Seahawks. They win the game after Sherman had batted something down. Aaron Andrews comes up to be like, "How did you feel, dude?" Still amped. They just fucking finished the game, and he's like, "Don't you ever disrespect me. I'm the best corner of the game." Duh, 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 duh. And people wanted to lambast this dude, and it's like, do you understand the emotions of that moment? This dude probably did feel respect, disrespected. Yep. He did just pull off a massive thing on a massive stage in front of a shitload of people. To win like, a game. To, to, win. To, 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 to literally win the game. Win the game. We, we as kids always think like, oh, uh, bottom of the ninth, two outs, bases yeah. loaded. We're down by, you know, we're down by three. Like that is the scenario running through every safety's every head. Like if you're shooting around in basketball, you're like, oh, let me slide five, on out, chip it four, out. He's out there at the three, top of the arc. 
boop, got it. Like, what are we doing here, people? That is the so yeah. him shutting down Crabtree on uh, I think it was like a playoff game. Mm-hmm. Um, the last play of the game to sh- to win it. That is that same equivalent a scenario for people who play defense uh, exactly. defensive backs. Exactly, it's like all of that, and you, we you are get just, these. Yeah, yeah, we can't be pretty. Yeah, yeah, you can't, can't. And yeah. anyways, uh, so the UFC fight, uh, the card was great. There, uh, the the prelims were great. Um, the the post fight, we got to see Francis Ngannou become. We got to watch Francis, the baddest man on the planet, Nagano, become literally the scariest, baddest person on the planet. He evolved his game. We sh- he saw some takedowns. We saw some groundwork. That saw- was going to be the big thing I said from the highlights I saw. It was like his groundwork looked like it steadily improved. You can't fake groundwork, and you no. can't rush it. It, it. it is what it is. It ain't what it ain't. And everyone was like, oh, Cyril's going to be smart and not want to get punched. And he's got to take it to the ground. And then that is where Francis is going to get fucked. Kind of happened that way. And Francis was not the one that was getting fucked. So uh, I was very impressed. Very scary, man. The fact that you could evolve so quickly. Frightening. Yeah. When when you have guys like that that can evolve, it's it it makes you realize like what level they're on. But speaking of UFC, man, Dana White came out with uh, something. He said he expects the one and only Conor McGregor to fight later this year after having broken his leg. Um, That wasn't something that I pushed into one of the topics, but it was just something I read earlier today that uh, Dana White either had a – he was on a podcast, on a press conference or something like that. I think it was his own podcast, the full set podcast. And basically just said he fully expects Connor to be in shape and ready to take on a fight at some point. I think he was aiming even at summertime. And I'm like, ooh. Well, I mean, ooh. a broken leg is better than a torn ACL, MCL ligament or anything like that because yeah, there's like no physical rehab, so to speak. Um, yeah. I, I am curious. I'm curious to see like how fucked up he is in the head because we know that people who break their shit are fucked in the head Especially when it comes to kicking, uh, which Conor McGregor is uh, is a kicker. He's, he's a kicker. Yeah, that was going to be my thing, right? Is based on how everything went down, how he did the kicks, how he does kicks in general, to then come back and then the leg breaking that way. It's like, will he be like? I I know what he'll portray himself as. I know how he's going to play media. I know that his mouth is still going to be on fire. But I'm very curious if he steps into the octagon. What? What's the actual Connor going to look like when those blows start swinging? You know what I mean? Like, shit changes. I I think we've talked – I know Eddie and I have talked about this, but the problem that I have with UFC generally is that there are no tune-up fights. Mm -hmm. Like, if Connor McGregor were to go in there and fight some unranked trash can just to get his feet wet, he would get lambasted. Mm -hmm. Boxing happens all the time. You could win the belt and then fight a guy that just got off his couch, and people don't think twice about that but not in the UFC. He's got to fight a top five guy and he's got to keep on fighting top five guys. If he type, if he fights number five, his next fight has got to be four or three and then two or one. And then the champion, uh, very strange. Or you'd never, you'll never get back to the same circle that you were even remotely in if you don't do that. And that's, I think that's where it's absolutely problematic for the UFC for that reason, because you it's, 
I don't say it's impossible to expect because they obviously expect it, but it's just it's hard for me to understand how you could honestly put that sort of demand on these dudes, knowing how much training these guys do in the offseason, what type of training advantage that gives you when you don't have to recover from whatever injury. I mean, it I mean, also, I would say like the the pay, the pay is very strange. Yeah. You can't pay Conor or they won't pay Conor McGregor, Conor McGregor money to fight the equivalent, the UFC equivalent of me, right? <laughs> He's right. just not going to fight that guy. You're going to pay that guy $12 and Conor McGregor 50 million. Fuck that. That's not going right. to happen. Yeah. Uh, which I guess leads me to, I read this crazy stat, the whole UFC card, the whole UFC card in its entirety, the fight pay was $1.8 million. Total? Total. If you threw every fighter's salary in one pot, Francis Ngannou included $1.8 million. Yeah, that's that Horrible. sounds that sounds so horrifically bad. Like just reading that off the top, man, that, that makes you wonder like, is this whole thing uh with Jake Paul going at Dana White? Is it is it about him really caring about fighters' money and what they're making or not making, which he says, or is it him trying to get in the UFC? But I don't know, man. You're lending some credence there to old Jake Paul, which I mean, is never a good fucking thing. It's 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 we all knew it was bad. We all knew it was not good, and nowhere in the general vicinity of adjacently good. But to have Francis Ngannou, heavyweight title holder, versus yep. the the interim title holder, <sighs> to only make six hundred k and five hundred k respectively for a pay per view. I was about to say a pay per like. This isn't this isn't like a you know this charity ran thing. This isn't a, a I, I don't know throwing something fucking crazy that I can't think about like a fan induced one. Like that's this is the only not a way parking I can think lot about. Fight. Yeah, like <laughs> one point eight is like hey I threw together something, got it sanctioned, and they okayed me to do it in my backyard with relative safety equipment. And you're like ah yeah get what you can. Yeah, it's like it's like Kimbo slice backyard punch my face open type money. What are we doing here, people? Uh, and, and, and for context, I think Tyson Fury was making like forty million dollars a fight. Uh, yeah. uh, you know the the money disparity. So when when Paul was saying something about the fighters' pay, he wasn't wrong, and we knew we were, he wasn't wrong. Right. It doesn't matter what he cares about or not. The fact that he wasn't wrong. And then you look at it and you go, $1.8 million on a pay-per-view. This wasn't a fight night in fucking... $1.8 million sounds more accurate to, like, the viewership, right? Like, if you were to tell me, hey, pay-per-view, $1.8 mil, I'd be like, that's how many viewers you got. Okay, yeah, Okay, cool. Uh, what, what else is the rest of the story? Because that's not crazy you know what i'm saying like that to me legitimately sounds like a viewer number but then you're like oh this is what it raked in for the what the fuck are we talking about like could you imagine getting kicked in the face for twenty thousand? no twelve thousand dollars with the option to win at an additional twelve thousand dollars you got kicked in the face and kicked somebody in the face for twenty four thousand dollars no 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 let's 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 up the stakes and make it what it is you are going to get that same 12000 to be kicked in the face by one of the greatest in the world to be able to do it. Yep. Then if you win, we'll throw you another twelve. Another twelve. <laughs> it's like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You're saying I got to go against the best in the world? Like, I realize I'm also in that same realm of best in the world. But for 12000 
I just want to beat up a playground kid. Like, what are for we 12, doing? Yeah, for 12000 I could sell T-shirts. <laughs> exactly. Like, no. I'll like I'll go work a couple of shifts at McDonald's for twelve thousand. For twelve, you know what? I, I might get punched in the face at McDonald's, but I'm definitely not positively going to get kicked in the face at McDonald's. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, that it's not a guarantee. It's a it's a very slight. I'll never say it's impossible. It's always a chance. Yeah, but, but it's significantly lower than if I'm fucking around with you guys. Right. Because <laughs> I, I step into this octagon, I am definitely going to get punched in the face. Positive. Yeah. What's and, going and on, I, Eddie? Welcome gotta, back. I go to McDonald's, they're just going to bitch at me because they didn't get senior citizens discount on Sunday. Like You're more likely to get hit in the face with a bag of fries than you are going to get kicked in the face at McDonald's. I'll take that for $12,000. There's no fucking way, man. So we'll keep it in the sports realm, man. Um, we see that Mark Cuban, the owner of the Dallas Mavericks, popped up. In billionaire. The billionaire. Billionaire, one of the sharks for the shark tank. He's out there doing good things. He launched an online pharmacy where he offers prescription drugs for significantly cheaper. Uh, I got to say, man, like that's boss. Fuck. Like that's not Batman, like full on Batman levels, but that's like realistic Batman billionaire, like expectation here. Like you're doing uh, something good here. Yeah. And everybody knows because the healthcare here is shit that medication could cost you thousands of dollars a year. Thousands. We are, I had a, I had a medical procedure and they go, yeah, this is your prescription. And I go to the, I go to my Costco and they're like, yeah, it's going to be $300. You go, yep. Yeah, nope. Nope. You know what? Fuck it. I'll take whatever the fuck I was having beforehand yeah. and go back to my doctor. And the doctor goes, oh yeah, just here's the fucking generic. It was $12. Yeah. Like it's, it's outrageous that you get stuff like that in general, right? Is that you have the generic versus the name brand, but then you get the shit like that Martin Shkreli dude that happened a while ago. I think it was an insulin drug. Yeah. Like, no, it wasn't out. insulin. It wasn't insulin. Was it insulin? HRV. So that, HRV. Okay, that's what it was. No. So he took, a, he took a pill that was roughly like five bucks and then skyrocketed up just because he could to like over a thousand per one pill. So, like, so you got to watch that documentary. The documentary is on Hulu, um, and they basically just talk about how he how uh, he was misunderstood. Uh, he was a shitty person. Like they think he had Asperger's or something. But they try to like one of the things that they do cover is so. Mark really didn't do anything wrong. That's why he didn't go to jail for why I mean, technically no. No, no. Um, hold on. So he didn't uh, do anything wrong in the sense of raising the price of a drug. Uh, right. Most drug companies do this on the regular, right. right? They buy a drug that a lot of people don't need. Um, and then like, because it costs so much to develop new drugs. So they basically buy a drug that not that many people don't need, or not a lot of people need. And then they price hike it. And the, the goal of price hiking is for the insurance company to pay it. Not for the people. What happens is, is that the insurance companies are like, no, I'm not paying that much, um, or I'm, or they deny the coverage. So then, what they do is, if you reach out to the company that sells the pill, the company that sells the pill will send you a rebate to get it for the price that it should be. Sometimes, but the, yeah, always. it's no, not always. Uh, it's something like there's little hassles that you got to go through, like to prove your case. Like you, you do not fit the, you can't afford it. Um, you can't afford it, and your insurance company denied you. Like you had to go through all the proper steps. Sure. 
the sure. point, the but, only, no, 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 I'm not, no, none of this is to defend Martin Scorelli. Um, what I, what I did find out though was I thought, like how Turns just prefaced it, this dude just took a drug and then raised the price on it just because he could, right? But what actually happened was he took a drug and raised the price on it because other motherfuckers were doing the same shit. They just weren't, so the drug actually cost, so the original drug only cost a dollar. Another drug company bought it and raised it to five, and another drug company raised it to 13. And then he bought it at 13 and raised it to 750. Yeah, that's what it was. It was like goddamn near a thousand dollars. Yeah. And, but they even bring a guy on. They bring a guy on, and the guy was like, I don't feel like this was the norm. I just feel like I was lucky. And I was like, but how his story went, I was like, I don't think you were lucky. I think that's that was the norm. So basically, the guy comes on, he's like, Yo, like I was supposed to get this drug. Um, I couldn't get the drug. Uh, my insurance company denied me the drug. I messaged Martin Scorelli on live and like tell him like, yo, like I'm trying to get this drug. They won't get the drug and it's too expensive. And Martin Scorelli was like, yo, send me your information. And then sent the guy like six months supply of the shit for Ooh. free. And I mean, gave him the re Yeah. I mean, that it's like it's like one of those things where like now we gotta win a fucking contest and shit in order to get affordable I, medication. I, I don't that's the thing is like, oh, so no, I you gotta to you gotta jump through loopholes. Because I, they, gotta, their goal is to try to fuck over the insurance company because the insurance companies have the money. I got you. I no, mean, I mean, I, it's still just dirty business because they know at the end of the day, insurance companies still hold that power. It's just, it's fucking crazy. I, I just wonder, man, like, the internet's going to have fun with this, right? Because the internet nowadays loves to hate on successful people. And so I look at, like, somebody like Mark Cuban, I kind of wonder how, you know, the Twitter mob specifically is going to go when they look at somebody who's a billionaire who they love to hate rich people. So, Oh, he's doing something good, but fuck him. Cause he's rich. <laughs> yeah. yeah but, but like Mark Cuban is one of those different stories, bro. Agreed. But people still will hate it. Don't, it don't matter how different your story is, how much of a success you are. People are still going to fucking hate, you know, this, yeah, I mean, but, sometimes, but, but not when you like don't, we all need a medication. We all need medication. And someone's going to be like, well, I mean, I hate that motherfucker, but I mean, for $5. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like Mark, Mark Cuban, like, all right, most, uh, they were talking about this shit. I was listening to this on something else where it was like, most billionaires are inherently evil. People automatically assume billionaires are inherently evil. But when you look at like somebody like Mark, uh, Mark Cuban, not Zuckerberg, sorry. Uh, Mark Cuban, oh. who, I know, right? Uh, Mark Cuban, who worked on, worked as a worked in his parents' garage, who didn't have a lot of money, worked side hustles, didn't have a lot of money, developed something during the fucking dot com bubble, sold that shit, and literally just sits back and gives people money for like as a venture capitalist. Like that's how he make that's how he sustains his billions. You know what I'm saying? Like even though you you hear Mark Cuban's story, they didn't even want him in the NBA. Because they were scared that he was going to try to jump on the court and play basketball too, like, like literally that that came up in his interview to be on the team in the NBA. But I think Mark it's, Cuban has always tried to do something good for people to make up yeah. for the fact that he's a billionaire. Oh, yeah. for sure. Yeah, he, I um, just it's funny he, too that his got bought out by Yahoo, and they bought it for dumb money to make him dumb rich, and then it all went defunct. <laughs> That's the yep. funniest part of his, it. His thing was, which is crazy. He had an idea and he he capitalized on it. Basically, the dot com boom, he had like 
It was a radio station. He was like, oh, you guys want to hear, I don't know, whatever, Dallas sports? Anywhere online. And he basically put a phone connected to a computer that was listening to the radio. And he streamed that. And that's how he made his fucking millions. Think about how crazy that is. That fucking hurts me to know that it was that goddamn simple. I mean, it wasn't that simple. Lloyd just made that real simple, simple, but it was basically in what Lloyd essence, said. <laughs> in essence, it was that. I, I mean, sure, you need to know some things, but hooking up a phone to a radio so people not in Dallas could listen to Dallas radio, that's fucking, who yeah. thought of that? Dude. Oh, uh, I wish I could hear my home radio station. And they're like, uh, I can make that happen. And now everybody can listen to a fucking AM radio, AM and FM radio on their phone. You, you got to bring the entertainment to the people, which that's what uh, we're going to talk about in this last topic here, right? Uh, entertainment to the people. This is a comedy podcast. So let's talk about our comedy folks with Colin Jost and uh-huh. Pete Davidson. Did y'all see the news? I it mean, here's that they bought a defunct ferry, ferry boat and they're making it a floating comedy club. Oh, that is so that was actually real. That's oh, good that's a that. real thing. I, I, oh, I, I thought that was a it, joke. No, that's what I thought at first. I was like, okay, this is really funny. But no, apparently they've been eyeing it out for a little while that it cost them just just over like a quarter of a million dollars. I think it was like, like it. 280K. I know, right? Like, oh, they, they just pissed it? They it. just pissed it out and then oh. made a car make Some, oh, okay. Somebody said that, that uh, Pete's already spending Kim K's money. <laughs> I mean, t- the three of them to come up with a quarter million is not difficult. That's not Dude, call it. Yeah, call I, was, I was about to say, bro, come easily. on, bro. Between both of them. I, I mean, you could easily rent out room, like make rooms of the penthouse and rent those out for $4,000, $5,000 a month. <laughs> easily. But I was sitting here looking at it. It's like, dude, that's the fucking beauty of comedy though, right? Is As much as we sit here and we work at it and we're in bars and we're doing this and we're always trying to get to the clubs and theaters and everything. In this general rule, right? It, you're trying to get to the clubs and theaters and it's like, you can make it happen anywhere, man. All you got to do is be funny, be likable, and market yourself, and you can fucking do it anywhere. I love that shit. I just I, don't have the quarter of a million to lay on a ferry, you know? Yeah, I was about to say, I need a loan. <laughs> yeah. but, but I feel like in New York, you're like, yeah, I'm buying a boat for a quarter million dollars. They'd let you, like, I feel like you can get a quarter million dollar loan in New York because everything is a million dollars or more. <laughs> yeah. They're, basically, they're like, you. oh, that's you it? provided a proof of residence here. We'll approve you for a half a million because that's pretty much what you have to have to be walking around. Now, you dude, you, one, thing I, one thing I learned about being up here in New York is the brokest people have the best credit up here. Like, credit is everything in yeah. New York. Son. Like, I'm being so weird. Like, it's dudes up here who have, like, $10 in their pocket with, like, 720 credit scores. Like, it's, yeah, it's, it's. It's different. So it's like because everything up you got to rent a room up here, you gotta have seven hundred credit school. To rent a place. <laughs> yeah, and could you imagine if you're sitting down alone? It's like, yeah, it's like uh see so, you know, ten thousand square feet. Like, okay, ten million dollars? No, quarter million. Yeah. Uh yeah, we didn't have to listen to that pitch for a quarter million dollars. <laughs> what'd you what'd you think of that fifty square foot room that we're putting you up in? It's good. It's good New York. Hey, there's Eddie. <laughs> okay, well, I got I got to get out of here. I don't know if you want to close out. You guys want to continue? But yeah, I, let's I, close I, it out, man. I got to get I got to get the moving. Yep, we got stuff going, baby. So uh, with that, troublemakers, we hope to see y'all next week, later this week. Stay in trouble. Stay talking shit, and uh, go Chiefs. Go Chiefs.
How about those fuck, Chiefs? Fuck the Chiefs. Fuck the Chiefs. Can't you just cheer them on like as we go like towards the end? Hold on, someone's going. That's why I'm mad with it. Everybody thought somebody else was gonna hit the button. Whatever you want, whatever you need, it's on tab. Get it? That's why I'm mad with it. That's why I'm mad with it.